0: Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Today, I'm with a guest that's honestly a long time coming. Um, She was in the studio about a month or two ago, and I realized that I knew who she was. She was um, a guest for one of my clients. I had seen her work in a museum, the Bellevue Art Museum, and um, she also helped um, paint the Black Lives Matter mural in downtown Seattle. So she's an artist. She's a muralist. Um, she may claim it or not, but she's also a podcaster and a YouTuber. <laughs> it's uh, hey. And uh, um, she also has a medical background as well. It's uh, my pleasure to introduce Aramis Hamer.
1: I'm happy to be here Blake yes. thank you See, I I've won't been, I, yeah no I'm not, <laughs> claiming, that. I'm not <laughs> claiming that i
0: i didn't i i it's crazy i have actually been a fan of yours for a while, so it's but funny thank like you. I hadn't no I, the people that kind of walk into this space to do podcasts is kind of uh it's funny I would have never thought that you would have just walked in here yeah I, I think that was twenty 2020 twenty or twenty twenty one when you when you were in the um Bellevue Art museum exhibit
1: yeah yeah that was twenty twenty one was it? You know what's the last three years are a blur. Mm-hmm. I think we can all, like relate yeah. to the fact that, yeah, for sure. But yeah, I, w- I was honored to be a part of that. So that was a show with um, Tarika Waters at the Bellevue Art Museum, the Yellow Number Five exhibit. And I literally just left um, another museum where, like, all of us, the same artists who were in that show, were are mm-hmm. doing another show. And so I'm just I'm on cloud nine today. So I'm happy to be talking the with heck you. Heck yeah, yeah.
0: That's because I feel like uh, people stereotype like the East Side for being like very like white right mm-hmm. it's not even like it's almost you can't even call the east side gentrified because it's just like that's just where the white. yeah it's just white right so like i mean and in, in
1: the truth it, it is yeah you know it is so it was different that we had the show there mm-hmm. it was a pretty it was a pretty historic moment and um you know there were a lot of there were some incidents that took place and actually that like museum director stepped down oh wow from some incidences that took place and we signed a petition and yeah we we experienced we experienced some difficulty there but mm-hmm. for the most part i feel like the entire team uh at the bellevue art museum was great it was just like one bad person and Got unfortunately it. yeah a bad apple can one bad apple can yeah for one that's, months, you that's know. wild
0: yeah so you you're, you're you moved to seattle in 2013 from mm-hmm. chicago yeah and it was it wasn't for medical reasons or like med- for your career or was it? Yeah,
1: it, it, it kind of was. And so I came out here uh, to go to school at Bastyr mm-hmm. University. So the goal was to become like a naturopathic doctor and I still pursue medicine, but just from like a holistic lens. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I just I fell in love with the art scene and I mm-hmm. met so many artists and I was like, oh, wow, like you can you can be an artist.
0: Yeah. What was your first experience with that? Like meeting, like I think, an like artist.
1: coffee shops. Honestly, okay. like I was, you know. So I actually came out here with my with my boyfriend at the time, now husband Andy, and we Congrats were just being
0: married. I guess, <laughs> right? Like
1: they, oh yeah, it's been like I don't even know. I don't know. Oh wow! I don't even know. I think maybe we've been married seven years. Oh wow! Yeah, seven years. Amazing. Um, but yeah, so we came out here and we were at some coffee shops I think I actually remember being like down at Pike's place mm. and just seeing like the art up and you know it was like smaller pieces and yeah. it, it's I mean of course it was beautiful work like not taking anything away from it but you know it kind of just had like a little card on it like a handwritten mm. card and they're like oh this is like 75 bucks and I'm <laughs> like oh, okay I'm like this is Oh, this seems like a just sort of kind of everyday normal mm-hmm. person. They have their artwork up. You know, it's it's a, maybe a painting of um, some Seattle landscape or some trees, evergreen trees, uh, which I absolutely love in the Pacific Northwest. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, this is interesting, you know. Um, went to some art events. Oh, actually, one of the first art events that I came out here um, that I attended was at Mopop. Okay. Actually at that point it was still the um the EMP museum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so it was one of the I think it was uh, Doomy had did it Actually he's a hip hop artist His stage name is Draze Ooh, But his name from is Doomy Yeah yeah. Born and raised from Seattle okay. He actually moved to LA now But um, he actually did Did some work with With uh, Macklemore And has his music And um, movies and stuff oh, wow. And so he actually did An event called Through the Eyes of Art Okay At the EMP Museum And this was back in like 20 Maybe 2015 Either 2015 or 2016 mm um i ran into ndry there okay it was crazy seeing her like it was just yeah it was wild it was an incredible uh exhibit music art and like they had this section where all the artists had their artwork on easels and that's when i first met like a lot of local seattle artists i met delton sun hiawatha davis siobhan hayes yeah it was just dope wow it was dope
0: that's awesome and like have you always been an artistic person, or wasn't until you moved to Seattle that you realized? Well, I've always art. been. Yeah,
1: okay. I've pretty, I've pretty much always been artistic. Um, ever since I was a kid, ever since I could pick up a pencil, paintbrush. Mm. Um, but it really started in high school. Mm. Was when I was, um, I felt like my creativity was cultivated in high school. Like I had great art teachers. Like okay. shout out to the art teachers out there. I feel like. Man, teachers teachers don't get enough love, but they they spend actually more time with the with the kids than I feel like parents do sometimes. Oh, like, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, you you just, like so much of your life is in school For when sure. you when you're young, you know, and so they have a major impact on kids. And I just even think about kids who were told they couldn't be something mm. by by their teacher, you know, like that has an impact on yeah. kids' mental state, you know, but. My teachers were really. Um, I can't
0: believe that actually happens. I feel I like I've like, I've never when, heard that.
1: When people say that, and, I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, she's evil. Like, yeah. well, what teacher, why are you a teacher would teacher at like, that why point? why would you tell? It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, that's wild. It's wild. It's so, <laughs> wild. So,
0: so, like, being I actually one of my favorite types of people to interview are people from Chicago. Okay. Whether they're on tour or virtually, I've I've had probably over ten. Chicago artist, you on. get it yeah and like
1: hey, yeah
0: so like what is uh what was your experience growing up as like ex- so you're talking about like your the teachers are pretty supportive but yeah. like, what was your experience with like the art scene whether you're in it or not in mm-hmm. Chicago
1: yeah I definitely don't feel like I was in the art scene mm-hmm. growing up and so I love Chicago I mm-hmm. just need to say like Chicago is my home and it will always be, you know. Yeah. Um and so I was raised on the um on the south side in the suburbs. Mm-hmm. And so I had a really good what's crazy now. I feel like Chicago like the suburbs is kind of changing a little mm-hmm. bit. It's getting it's it's becoming a different energy in the suburbs, but when i was there it was it was giving suburbia yeah. purely through through and through you know and like whenever you would want to have fun and like go to the club or like do something wild you would like drive out to the city you Got know it. um and so for me yeah so i had went to homewood flossmore high school and yeah, the, the teachers were really supportive and like we had it, we had an art school. We had we had like art programming. We actually had an ice rink at our. The- <laughs> we had an ice rink. So it's like for for like gym we would actually ice skate. Like <laughs> the school. It was a yeah. Yeah. It was a it was a quote unquote blue ribbon school. That sounds amazing. Um, yeah, it was really nice. We had swimming, we had like a pool. So we we did all the things. We did <laughs> ice skating, swimming, um, yeah, the school was very diverse shop. You know, we worked mm-hmm. like with wood and just different things. Dang. And so it was a it was a really great school mm-hmm. and um we actually I I remember my mom and my dad, we moved so that we could be in this school district. Mm-hmm. Like my mom was really particular about us having good school and having a good um man, like shout out to her. Shout you know out shout, shout out to her. And yeah. it, I think school is important and and maybe not even school per se, but just like just a person's surroundings their environment is everything mm-hmm. and i didn't even know that as a kid right you're not even thinking about that but yeah. like i'm just glad my I'm, I'm glad my parents were and i'm glad that they thought about that um because yeah like my high school prom day ended up being my husband you what know? So like, yeah oh <laughs> like so that. you guys moved to seattle together and yeah. everything wow yeah yeah, that's my guy. He's, that's my guy. That's my, like, a one-day one. Dang.
0: And are you an only child or you have siblings? I'm not. Okay. You
1: know, so I have a sister. Um, like, <laughs> it kind of felt like I was the only child for a little bit because, mm. um, so we were actually, I feel like my mom was always taking in family members, which was so great because she's just, she's just so caring. Um, But yes, so I had lived with a series of cousins Mm. for years, but I always had my sister. I have an older sister. She's about 16 months older than me. So we was just, she was just one grade above me. Mm -hmm. Um, She was a little bit on the wild side, (laughs) a little bit on the wild side. So she, she left home at 16 and she she lived with other family members at that time. And so, um, so my high school experience, I kind of was raised like, like an only child in my high school experience Mm. because my cousins had left, they moved back with their mom and then my sister left. Um, and so yeah so it, it was just me and the household Got specifically it. after after like eighth grade
0: and they were pretty supportive of
1: like yeah oh, Cool. yeah and like what's crazy my dad like me and my dad we would just like sketch and draw at the kitchen table you mm-hmm. know he was always artistic but his thing was music right he loves and I, I love music to this day because of my dad awesome um, so we had a basement and he would play music in the basement he would play the bass guitar the piano oh, wow Um, the drum he he even had like a drum set one man band down there he had a whole band he he really did and like his friends would come over and they would play and and I would come down there and sing for him you know we have like a a little karaoke night
0: yeah I I always yeah I think about that a lot like you were saying like if if you're exposed to a lot of things when you're a kid that like helps you feel like you can do anything or conquer the world a little bit
1: 100% yeah
0: like even like I, I bring up every once in a while like if I knew about podcasting at a younger age or even like Radio at a younger age. I didn't realize I could have done radio stuff at a younger age. I didn't start until I was a senior in high school. Mm. So I feel like the experience I could have gained earlier on about learning about radio programs or whatever.
1: A hundred percent. Well, it's how you say it. It's about that exposure, you know, and sometimes like we don't we we don't know what we don't know. Yeah. And then you see it and you're like, oh, damn, like, I actually, Mm
0: -hmm. you know,
1: like, I actually actually love podcast producing. Yeah. But for us to and I think I was talking to somebody else about this, too, about, you know, we hear about like representation matters Mm -hmm. and stuff. And like and of course it does. But I think it comes down to a diversity of representation in a diversity of fields Mm -hmm. because especially for like for like little black kids you kind of think especially for like men it's like either rap or go to the league yeah so it's like if you only see that you're like okay man but what if I don't like sports? And what if I don't want to be a rapper? Like, what mm-hmm. if I actually really like anime? Yeah. You know, but but then you go meet somebody who does anime and you're like, oh, wow, this is possible for me mm-hmm. versus feeling alone and weird and isolated because you aren't the same as this monolithic view that people try to paint for, like, black people. For sure. You know? For
0: sure. I feel like, I guess when I was growing up, I had this, like, poster in my room that had all the these, like, black inventors from the first one to, like... Oh, wow. But I think it ended in, like... Maybe the 1990s. That's when it went up to. Mm-hmm. But like, still, like having that in my room, that kind of inspired me to like. I guess I never really thought I had to either be a, a rapper or an athlete. I was surrounded by athletes, yeah. but I never felt like I had to be mm-hmm. an athlete. So yeah, I guess exposure is exposure is key. Then it
1: is. It is. Yeah.
0: So how do you? decide to like get into like the medical industry.
1: Well, definitely my mom. Mm-hmm. You know, so she was a nurse. Um just about everybody in my family, actually, my uncle, um my aunt, she was a nurse practitioner. Um my my husband's parents, his dad is a doctor, his mom is a nurse, and his sister-in-law is a ob her husband is a pediatrician. Like every uh, like everybody damn. is just like in medicine. Um I mean, uh, of course they weren't back then, but mm. now yeah, it was just how we said exposure, right? Yeah. So that's like what I saw. And yeah, it just felt normal. But but also like I did want to help people. I still love helping people and I felt like here was an avenue for me to do that. Mm-hmm. Um
0: Yeah. And how did it switch so after going to school, you still decided to be more But you said you went to school to be holistic as well? So there's school, there's like two, you have like two different brains kind of working there? Yeah. I definitely,
1: and maybe that's Gemini, right? Two sides. Okay. (laughs) I feel like I'm always using the right and the left side of my brain where I love medicine. I love science. I love numbers. um, But I also love creativity and music and writing, you know, and movies too, you know. So it's just like. I definitely like exploring those both sides. But it's like, even when I was working as a nurse and in school to become a holistic um, naturopathic doctor, Mm. when I was doing these different things, I was still just coming home and painting. I kind of had this like little secret life going on. You know, I was just, that was just my therapy. I was creating in my living room, vibing out. And um, yeah, that's just what I was doing.
0: So, but what was the the holistic or, what do you say it was called again? Yeah.
1: Yeah, it was, so it's like, M- MD, which okay. stands for medical doctor, right? But then there is ND, which stands for naturopathic doctor. Gotcha. So that's what I was doing at Bastyr University.
0: But then in Chicago, you're doing MD stuff, or was it no? Always, so there, it was always I was MD.
1: still I was still working as a nurse in Chicago. Okay. Yep. But actually, I actually did go to Loyola for a minute, um, for about a year to become a nurse practitioner. Got it. But in Chicago, I was practicing as a registered nurse.
0: And that and that relates to going to best year or is that total different fields of medical
1: um it's I would say it's different fields but it's still medicine because it's interesting in Chicago I was working as a um, ICU step-down nurse so I I was working in critical care Mm. so we we use in every modality in the book every medicine possible to help this patient because they're like in a critical state, right. you know. Versus like naturopathic medicine is more holistic, it's more long term, it's more preventative, mm-hmm. um, and it's more complementary to the sort of harsh and invasive methods of Western medicine. Got it. You know, so I was trying to make a transition into something that felt more holistic. Got it. And so that's where I had moved from Chicago to Seattle to to go to school. You just feel like you saw too much stuff, or you just didn't believe in how that.
0: Um, I felt like I was meeting
1: people too late in life. Got it. Like when when they were coming to our unit, they were kind of on death's doorstep. You know, it was like we were trying to get them, trying to like help get them to this sort of baseline of stability. And I'm like, okay, well, if I felt like I wasn't really making an impact, you know, I was like, okay, I feel like maybe I can help people if I can get to them before Mm -hmm. they become a diabetic before now they have to be on this insulin drip before, you know, so I was like, "Mm, how can I help them before it's almost too late, you know? Um, And so that's when I started to learn more about preventative medicine and like nutrition and Mm -hmm. like a holistic lifestyle and yoga and meditation and all these different things. And I'm like, Oh, like, okay, maybe, maybe we should start doing this before we actually get to that sort of um, systemic toxic Place in our body where now it's just like, (laughs)
0: got it. Yeah,
1: you kind of you kind of done at that point,
0: right? So then you went, you came to Seattle to just study it, or did you want to make a full career out of that? And like, and did did art intercept somehow, or how did that? It's
1: so funny. (laughs) These are great questions. I'm loving (laughs) it, Blake, because it's it's crazy, right? Like when you think about it, I'm like, it's kind of taking me back to a time because it's been ten years at this point. Um, Yeah, packed up, packed up the truck. I was like, babe, I'm moving to Seattle. He's like, okay, we're moving to Seattle. Yeah. Like, I was like, okay, I, no, no pressure. I I, I didn't want to pressure you. And so I was moving out here to Seattle, and um, I was still, I was, I was going to school to become a naturopathic doctor mm. while still working as a nurse out here in Seattle. So it was yeah. like, okay, I, st- I still have to pay my bills, right? So what was the what was the game plan? end up working at a northwest hospital actually up by northgate mall okay yeah so like kind of north seattle um so yeah started working there and um yeah just start to see more artists started to connect with more artists meet more artists and i was like at the same time now i'm Mm -hmm. living in seattle trying to become this holistic doctor still working as a nurse and but still kind of deep down wanting to be an artist because that's like, that's genuinely what I've always wanted to do, but I didn't think that I could because the only thing that I was exposed to was healthcare professionals, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I was like, okay, what if I, leave school okay still work as a nurse though so that i can pay my bills and use my nurse income to pay for an art studio oh wow because at this point i'm still painting in my living room mm. and i'm destroying it okay <laughs> there's paint everywhere there's paint on the walls i've ruined the carpet we barely got our security deposit back on our department when we finally moved out eight years later mind you which was a long journey um but yeah i was like okay I think I really want to do this art thing, you know? But before that, the goal was to become a naturopathic doctor and to open up my own private practice. Mm. That was really like my vision at that point. And I completely did a 180 and was like, yeah, no, I feel like I can actually help people and help heal people through art. Wow. Um, because those are the tools that had the most profound impact on me. Right. Is like songs that I listen to over and over and over and over and over and over to help get me out of those dark places, you know. And so I was like, okay, I think actually maybe my tool will be the paintbrush mm-hmm. instead of medicine.
0: And was that like a tough transition? Like were yeah. you debating it for like a long time, or yeah. was it kind of like a
1: switch? no? That was, that was a tough transition. It was it was a it was a three year transition. Oh wow. Yeah. So when people like talk about like the leap and taking the leap, I'm like, yeah, no, you don't gotta leap. Like I don't, (laughs) I don't, I don't, I don't think leaping, you know, especially I just, I mean, of course, and mind you at this point, I was a kid, I was 23. Mm -hmm. I had no kids. I had a supportive partner, you know? And so when I think about. And so it's like, even if this little 23 year old girl still wasn't leaping, mm-hmm. I just think about people who have like parents they care for or kids and like a mortgage and it's different things. It's like, yeah. yeah, you know, we sort of hear all these stories of like people out here leaping yeah. and like the, the practical person out here really can't, can't do that. Right. You know? And I also like people to know that like, you don't have to do that. Mm-hmm. That like, doesn't have to be your way. And it can be too, if you want to, like, if you are like, Hey, you 19, you got moms over here. She's chilling. Yeah. She's like, Hey babe, whatever you want to do, you can live in the basement for some years years it's like yellow dolo like yeah. do it you know yeah but if if you can't um yeah slowly do the transition and I think what I would like I, I feel like what I did well was that I took my time and I slowly let my art income get to a level to sustain me mm. before I left my nursing job And I I think a lot of people are sort of like leaving their jobs too early, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, No, yeah, yeah. And trying to like desperately make ends meet with their art, yeah. You know, yeah. And it's like, yeah, just like just keep 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 the comfy job for a little bit. Yeah, stay stay at the corporate job for a little bit, and like just change your mindset around it. Like, let that job be your investor. You know, whether you a barista at a coffee shop, whether you got to, you know, clean houses, walk dogs, babysit, like whatever you got to do. But it takes the stress off your art mm-hmm. because it's very hard to create when you make like when you sort of create for them instead of like desperate place where mm-hmm. you got to make the money from it. You
0: know, I think people can like almost start to resent their creativity or art if they do it that way too
1: 100 percent, 100 percent, and it's like every day and i still remind myself to this every day i'm like girl this is your life yeah this is your life's work and i've i had a whole conversation <laughs> with andy about this literally last night i'm like oh so the shit doesn't get easier like oh it's just it's just gonna keep going up from here yeah. you know i i keep hitting all these different milestones and different points and I'm like, oh, I'm never, I'm never going to arrive. There is no destination. Mm. So the cliche, when they talk about like, oh, life is the journey. It's about the journey. Oh, they're for real, you know? And I think now we see those. It's like, oh, those are cute, like Instagram, you know, posts and like Pinterest quotables. It's like, okay. And so now we sort of brush them off as Mm. cliches, but like a hundred something years ago, that was a philosopher. Statement that was chiseled in stone. Those were like profound awakenings that some old Socrates, you know, like <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cornelius had in this cave, you know. Yeah. But for now, it's like, oh, there's like an Instagram quotable, yeah, like fucking shirt or something. yeah. And it's like, it's like, no, these are this is truth, yeah. you know. Like life is about the journey, and that's a good you know. Point. And it's like we we say we kind of brush these things off as cliches because we've heard them so much but we've heard it so much because it's rooted in truth mm-hmm. and so I've just I've letting go I've I've like let go of a lot and I'm just embracing the fact that I just have to show up courageously every day on this journey mm-hmm. especially when you are in a creative field yeah which is the most bravest act especially in this day and age where everybody has an opinion on what you're making or how you live in your life yeah it feels it feels like an act of resistance to just be yourself and to show up courageously in the world
0: yeah for sure so with this three-year transition did you feel like you left anything on the on the table or was it like pretty Mm -hmm. smooth at the end
1: of it that's a good question left anything on the table as in like
0: when it comes to like leaving your job like did you feel like you left it at a good place of ending being
1: uh, that's hilarious I'm a shitty employee, like I'm just gonna say like I've been blackballed from my hospital <laughs> my I was sixteen, hold on, wait, so the record show, I was sixteen, um, and yeah, when I don't like something, I just don't show up no more yeah. like it's just like yeah, now nah, I'm out, but I was a kid that, mm-hmm. like when I had did that, but um, similar for this past <laughs> job like the last job I had was just like yeah no, nah, like I'm just I'm kinda done yeah. I'm kinda I'm gonna done yeah. now, the thing is. I, I was intentional when I left my job around, like, I'm not going back to nursing. Mm-hmm. So I don't need to sort of like button this up. When I left my Chicago nursing job, mm-hmm. I did it right. I did a two week notice. I did a letter of resignation because I knew that I needed a reference yeah. for my next job in Seattle to become a nurse. So I was like, OK, no, like we got to We got to keep this clean, you know, but um, that three year transition yeah, I just like stopped showing up. <laughs> <laughs> but mind you, I was like, I was a, okay. So I was a I was a per diem employee, which is a contract employee. Mm-hmm. Because I had, I pretty much, this three year transition went from me being full-time to slowly decreasing my hours to part-time to slowly decreasing it to per diem, mm-hmm. which is like a contract employee where now you get to pick your own hours and you get to sign up for shifts that you want. Got it. So I pretty much just end up stopping signing up for for more shifts mm-hmm. you know what I mean so it so I was I wasn't even on contract with that hospital so I don't want I don't want like the record <laughs> being like oh she just out here yeah, yolo, yolo. Yeah, yeah yeah I just um I just stopped taking on new shifts at my hospital mm-hmm. but um it was a clear decision in my mind where I was like yeah no I'm I'm about to be an artist Got it. I'm, I'm about to be an artist I'm gonna be my own boss and I'm about to really try to make this thing work.
0: Heck yeah. And you use some of that knowledge from medical stuff to like, do you still incorporate that in your life? Whether it's just like you said nutrition or whatever. Definitely.
1: Definitely. um, I'm like a hippie through and through, you know, (laughs) like I'm, I'm a tree hugger. Like I'm the sort of, Oh, did you see, um, kid Cuddy's new animation film, intergalactic.
0: I've listened to the soundtrack. I haven't seen the. The
1: soundtrack. Well, I just thought it was so is creative. The movie, good? the movie is great. Really? Oh, wow. And so it made me think about it because I'm like. I'm Melody. I'm I'm the girl in his animation film okay. who's like the girl with the locks. She's burning incense. And I was like, oh, this is so nice. I'm like, it's so beautiful to see myself. <laughs> uh, that's I was amazing. like, he just he just made like the sort of typical black girl who'd be like burning sage, smoking weed, like just yeah. chilling, you know, with her with her like natural hair and like bohemian vibes. So I'm like, yeah, I'm kind of that sort of textbook version of the hippie black girl. Like it's on Netflix, right? Um, where did so. we watch it? I don't know. We watched
0: it somewhere. What's it about? Even I've just—I literally have just seen this. Heard the soundtrack. So
1: it's like a—it's. I would say it's a love story. Okay. But it's a beautiful. I mean, it's like I feel like he named it perfectly. Like inner. It's it's this intergalactic sort of animation film of this love story interwoven with his music because it's like the soundtrack of his music, God. you know, and so. I feel like it's his life. I feel like it's his story as mm. being an artist and trying to make it. But she's also an artist, too. She's a photographer. And so yeah. they sort of both in this art world, which I really love. Yeah. Heck yeah. It's great. I don't I don't want to give the ending. Like, y'all should go <laughs> watch it. You, you should there definitely go. go watch it.
0: So when you first started painting to make an income, like, what were you painting? Has that changed over time?
1: Or? It's actually changing now. Like, Got we're it. in the middle of a transition right now. But... um. I feel like I was painting what I what I wanted to paint. I I always paint what I want to paint and mm. I'm really grateful for that. I feel like I honestly can't paint anything else, you know. Mm. I can't paint what I don't want to paint, you know, even though sometimes there's sort of narratives in my mind where like, oh, maybe I should paint this or, oh, this would, this would sell or whatever, you know? But when I sit down at the canvas and like try to make that stuff, I just genuinely can't, you know? But what was funny in the beginning of my journey, I was making, I would say beautiful commercial art. That's sort of um, accessible to a lot of people. It's like, oh, this is a pretty, a pretty face, you know, or here's a, you know, woman, she's a unicorn and she has sunglasses on. Just something very, something very nice, sort of wall art that okay. you would see um, at an art festival or art pop up, because that's actually where I was selling my work. Cool. I was selling it at um, pop ups. But yeah, now it's sort of transitioning to giant, large scale dreamscapes of mm. ideas that interweave like mythology and folklore and fairy tales and sort of like cosmic realms. Mm. Yeah.
0: And so did you you asked me, did you go to Folk Life?
1: Oh, I did, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well well, not this past year okay. actually. But I used to vend at Folk Life. So I actually oh. vended at Folk Life for about five years. Wow. I was a a vendor. I had my little ten by ten canopy and was mm. selling my wares and selling my prints for twenty dollars and my little clutch bags and yeah. stuff. And so yeah, that's where I started.
0: And is that like the typical like uh artist painter journey of like doing pop-ups? Or um, I
1: would say yes for self-taught artists. Got and it. so I am self-taught. I haven't gone to art school. um, And so I feel like the journey is different for like a formally trained art student who would um, possibly create a portfolio. They were, you know, they would probably be in like AP art, uh, AP art classes in high school. Mm-hmm. They would prepare their art portfolio for a university. They would get accepted into the university and then You know, they would cultivate their skills and everything. And then as they're leaving university, um, they are creating a a portfolio to be exhibited for a gallery or like an art dealer or or a museum or somebody to um, represent them as an artist, you know? And so I feel like as self-taught artists, we're more like the sort of like indie artists, Mm -hmm. you know, we're like the sort of independent artists um, who don't have a quote unquote record label, you know, Um, or who isn't like gallery represented. So yeah, I think the starting point is you do festivals, you do pop-ups, you, you know, you have your work at coffee shops and different cafes around your local city, you know? And um, yeah, I'm grateful I've been able to transition into Uh, gallery spaces museum spaces and murals
0: is that a mindset though do you think everyone wants to transition or do you think some people are happy with
1: just like i I think i think everybody's different like like however they want to do it because there is a little bit of like i think it's so funny like every industry has their isms right Mm -hmm. like you know as like in the movie and it's like actors right so the sort of like movie actors might look down or kind of put their nose up at like um, TV show actors you know and like maybe um, record label artists might turn their nose up at um indie artist who's just show, you know, showing at a local whatever. And I I, I don't want to say like t- turn their nose up cuz maybe right. that's not the best thing, but there's just like a different. You move different in different industries and some people just like don't don't want to play the game. Right. Because like when you do go to certain spaces, like I'm even just being real with myself like you kind of got to play the game a little bit. For sure. In certain places and I think there's this sort of you know, we sort of like judge people like, "Oh, you You over here, you know, faking the funk or like kissing ass or whatever. It's like, I'm actually reading this book. It's a really good book by Robert Greene. He wrote the, what's the one? I think, like, the 48 Laws of Power or something. You heard of that one? Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, one of like, national bestseller's book. He's so incredible, but um, when, I haven't read that, that one. When did book
0: come out? I feel like that's such an old... Oh,
1: it, yes, yeah, it's an oldie. It's but does this guy
0: still alive? Yeah, he's still alive. And he just wrote a new book?
1: Yeah, yeah, he wrote a new uh,
0: book. I thought, that, I thought the 48 Laws of Power came out, like, 100 years. I have no oh, idea. No. Oh, I
1: think that... Okay, that one you, you might be thinking is, is um Art of War.
0: Maybe. I haven't, I haven't read any of those books either. Way, yeah, I, I haven't
1: read the 48 Laws of Power Um. But he did the law of okay, so the recent one he did is the law. It's actually not I don't know when he wrote this one, but it's the law of human nature. Okay. It's really good. And it's showing just like, you know, just human nature. We all, you know, we all like do like different things. And so, um, he talks about mask and it's like black people were constantly I feel like any people of color, like we're all we constantly have to like code switch or we constantly just wearing different masks in different places. And even if you're not a person of color, like you sort of just act differently in different places, you know, and there's almost this sort of like judgment or demonizing of that. Like, oh, you over here being fake or whatever. It's like, no, especially as like black people. You it was a survival mechanism for us. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's just certain things that you aren't gonna say at the kitchen table than you would in your corporate space. Yeah. You know? And so as I'm moving in these different spaces, I'm just being real with like, yeah, no, nah. there there's another old saying. I just love reading, but there's another old saying by somebody <laughs> who said, um, if if speech is silver, silence is gold. Mm. So sometimes it's like you don't gotta you don't gotta say everything that's on your mind, you know. And as as, you know, just like folks, we always about like keeping it real. I'm the queen of keeping it real. You know, I like I love keeping it real. As real as I keep it, it's only a fraction of the thoughts that's going on in my mind. Mm. And sometimes it's about just like reading the room, knowing, knowing where you at and knowing what to say and what not to say and being clear on like where you want to be and based on where you want to be, how you need to be in order to be in those spaces and some people don't want to do that, right. you know, and some people are comfortable being where they are. Um, and I think that's awesome. I think it's important to just <laughs> look, Socrates, know thyself, yes. <laughs> you know, self-awareness. And so, um, yeah, after a while of doing the festivals and the shows, I just realized that I did want to transition hmm. into a place where my work um, could live outside of me, yeah, where like I didn't have to be there at the booth. Yeah. Smiling, shaking the hands, giving the energy, yeah. you know. Um it feels really good to have a support team and I feel like at galleries and museums, they have an entire team to help you get your work up and to have they got marketing team, and the booklets and the you know, the PR. I mean, I just came from like this press event at mm-hmm. Mohai at the Museum of History and Industry and I'm just like, man, this is really nice. You know, when you've been doing so much on your own for so long. It's like, oh, I can, I can receive help. Yeah. I can I can receive support.
0: And what is that, what was that transition like for you?
1: I mean, it's I feel like I'm I'm living it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I I feel like I'm not on the other side of it. You know, mm-hmm. I think I've just been, I think maybe, maybe people do talk about it enough. I'm not sure because I I listen to different podcasts yeah. well and like I like audio books and everything, but I think we underestimate um luck you know I think that there's (laughs) there's so many different things where I'm just like man I feel like I've just gotten really lucky Mm. I've gotten and like sure I you know we all want to be self-made and like oh I'm grinding out here like oh I'm hustling yeah and like don't don't get me wrong you're like your girl put in work (laughs) you know she she putting in work she doing a damn thing but I also am just so grateful like I know that there is that that there's a higher power and I know that there are just synchronicities that sort of fall in place that are lucky moments, um, but also can be divinely guided moments. And I think where we can come in and be like a co-creator with the universe is where we can, we can. What's the word? I don't want to say take advantage because that that kind of mm. sounds bad. But like take advantage in a yeah, good way. Yeah. We can maybe a symbiotic relationship. I don't know. Yeah, if that's but the like right we can either. we can take advantage of it of yeah. a good way. We can. Um, it's like it's like being very opportunistic, you know. Yeah, I think there's some positive, positivities
0: or positive. There's some good things about being opportunistic. Right? Yeah, not, yeah. Because not everyone can even do that.
1: Exactly. You I know, think yeah. it's like I'm always a person. I'm like stay ready, so you ain't got to get ready. Yeah. You know. And so I feel like throughout my life I've stayed ready, mm-hmm. and so when different things came my way, I was able to take advantage of it, and yeah. and I was able to benefit from it. Um. Yeah. Even even with the pandemic, like. There were so many, so many structures that I had in place digitally Mm -hmm. that I was able to make, make a smooth transition during a pandemic. And um, yeah, I just, I'm very like intuition guided too. Like if something feels like, oh, you need to, it's kind of time to pivot or like, maybe you should explore this. And like, I, I, I just, I, I won't even know why I feel that I'm like, man, something feels like I need to, I feel like I should go to this event. Mm-hmm. Or like I feel like I should hit up this whatever you know. It's just like all these sort of like little synchronicities or the inner voice that I hear, and I'm very connected to yeah. my higher self, you know. And so cool. I don't question that bitch. I be mean, like, okay, <laughs> she said, hey, let me let me go, yeah, let me go, let me go do it.
0: And would you say you're like a you're a business lady? Like, do you are you? Yeah. Okay, because I feel like there's a lot of creatives who just want nothing to do with business stuff but and sometimes though that could be a detriment
1: yeah I love business okay I think I think it's so creative Hmm. I think that um one I feel like I've always been a businesswoman okay Okay. like I been I was selling I was selling my drawings in middle school okay I would like sketch people's name in bubble letters and it was so funny actually because like you know (laughs) Facebook like you still connected to your you know elementary school friends high school friends and Facebook and so as I've just been you know getting more exposure from my work and a lot more media and stuff some of my Facebook friends from high school have been reaching out and they're like oh I still have like the little bubble <laughs> letters you drew me and I'm like oh my god are you kidding like, that's amazing it's, yeah they're like oh like maybe they think they're gonna like auction it off." <laughs> I'm like hey I'm, I'm honored you yeah. feel that way about my like middle school drawing you know but um, yeah people mm-hmm. still have some of those works and so I, I would sell those for a quarter just so I could yeah. buy a bag of flame of hots, but (laughs) I think now it's like. 33 cent or something yeah. like yeah I, I don't even think the chips are a quarter no yeah, more. Yeah. but um yeah i was i was always selling stuff i was the girl scout cookie seller mm-hmm. you know i was in girl scouts i was selling cut coat knives as a what? in my in my high school i was like a top seller too okay wow. like i i love selling i mm-hmm. love business and i love marketing because um i think i think it takes courage mm-hmm. i think it's it's like that boss move you know like anybody can just be out here doing whatever but to to like put yourself out there it's it's definitely vulnerable for sure to because you have to be okay with with accepting rejection um but i also think now in order to be a good business person, you have to be creative. You yeah. have to be like, okay, how am I about to use social media, email marketing, you know, podcasts? How am I about to be on YouTube, TikTok? Like, what sort of modalities can I use? Yeah. And how how can I be innovative and creative using these different tools so that my voice can be heard? Right. You know?
0: Interesting. Like, huh. Because I, I, cause I'm on the younger side. So I just, when I started being in media, I knew I kind of had to do all that stuff. Mm. But I have a lot of friends that are like... In their mid 30s, some reaching 40s, that still want to pursue art or yeah. music or whatever, and they aren't where they want to be. And uh, I want, yeah. And they are just like, why would I get involved with TikTok or make mm-hmm. a YouTube channel or anything like that? Yeah. So, what would you say? You just, you just kind of. Cause you have to have courage a little bit, but also is it, is it a laziness or what is, is I don't know if laziness is the right word, yeah, but I'm no, like, I don't think so. cause I like, I just, I, I'm just like born knowing that's what I have to kind of mm-hmm. do. So I guess it's just a different era of like maybe more that's luck on that side. Maybe. Or?
1: Yeah. Um, I think anything you feel like you have to do, you're not going to enjoy it, Right. you know? And so I think it's important just to cultivate the energy around it. And so I kind of I kind of tell myself it's fun, you know, mm-hmm. like I, I have to I have to tell myself it's fun. Well, and it kind of is too. like, mm-hmm. you know, so it's like because I feel like everything is energy and people can tell when you sort of showing up from this high vibe excitement place of you like genuinely having fun yeah. versus you feeling like, man, like I kind of got to do this in order to like blow up. You yeah. know. yeah. And I'm also just, and how I said in, in the beginning, I realized that it genuinely is the journey.
0: Yeah. You
1: know, it's like you, like, we almost think like, okay, let me just hurry up so that I can go viral on this thing real quick. And then like, then like, I'm good. I won't, I won't have to do it. And then like, man, I'm done. Finally. Like I made it. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. no, there's actually never a making it. I, I I study history a lot too. And like, I like documentaries like autobiographies Mm -hmm. and like i can just go down a whole binge of watching artist stories i actually recently just rewatched beyonce's um life is but a dream she she had did this this documentary on hbo 10 years ago it's actually on youtube you can you can watch it i think it was post maybe it was 11 years ago actually so she did this documentary and um i'm like sis was grinding She was grinding 11 years ago and she's still grinding now. And you would think like, man, like be like, damn, you, you, you the ultimate made it. You know, you like you, Beyonce is the ultimate made it. But she's still like up in the game every single moment. And you can tell that she genuinely loves what she does Mm -hmm. and that she's genuinely an artist, you know? And so when it comes down to these different tools, I just change my brain around it. It's like, it's like the same way that I can pick up the paintbrush to like create something. How can I, pick up this like adobe premiere software and create something and like cut this up and chop this up and like use this tool to create what i want to create you know and i think that's what's exciting about seeing this sort of like digital revolution there's just there's just no middleman no more
0: right
1: you know there there's no middleman nobody's stopping us like the tools are here yeah so it's it's about like using the tools and it's it's also about like getting over what people think too. That's the biggest thing. That's the mm-hmm. Blake. <laughs> Blake. For sure. <laughs> For
0: sure. So with as like a as like a muralist and painter, there is like a there's definitely like different tiers and I feel like I've I watch a lot of art documentaries mm-hmm. and uh, talked with a lot of artists and like some people even if they want to be successful, they don't want to be seen as like a commercial painter because mm-hmm. like there's like um because it's almost like like you can look at Drake as like a commercial success mm-hmm. in music, but like I almost feel like there's a tier past that in commercial success for like a painter, and that's when yeah. like all your stuff is like in like H and M on shirts, yeah, <laughs> or if you're like uh, or. Uh, some people that are um, artists really hate, like Jeff Koons. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, like, where do you fall of where you... Yeah. If you had all the resources and, like, you can p- be where you wanted to be in mm-hmm. the art realm, where would you fall?
1: I feel like... I just need to say on, like, all of that, I feel like make your coin however you want to make your mm-hmm. coin. Like, I think a lot of that stuff keep artists stuck in their own mind. Mm-hmm. Be- because, I mean, I'm the, I was the same way. But I feel like just... We be on that hipster shit though, like <laughs> you know, like the minute I mean, cause even some people. First of all, I love Kendrick. I love Kendrick before people even knew who Kendrick was, yeah. you know. But people can kind of get in this thing, like man, I don't like fuck with Kendrick no more, cause he kind of getting big or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's just like get over that. If you if you love an artist, love an artist. Like it, it it doesn't matter how commercially successful somebody is. And if you genuinely love that artist, you genuinely gonna be happy that now they are having a commercial success where now they able to like pay their bills. Yeah. You know? know what I mean and some so I'm just like I used I used to be in that same mindset where I'm like man I don't want it should I not Put my work on a T shirt because now I'm a da 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 da, and there's so and now there's just so many ways for artists to make money, and I think the only thing that's stopping artists is artists being like, oh, well, no, 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 I can't, I can't do that. Like, I don't want my stuff in like H and M. Boo, if you if you having your shirt in H and M is sending your kids to school and where you can have a savings and like health insurance, like have at it, boo. Yeah. Like, fuck my opinion, <laughs> you know. And I, I think that's what I'm saying. Like, people get caught up in the whole mindset like, oh, like Jeff Coon. Now, I'm I'm not the biggest fan of like Jeff Coons, but like mm. whatever, don't like that's his life. <laughs> like I you know what I mean? Like I'm yeah. I'm, a, I'm a let bro live his life. Yeah. I really am, you know. And so yeah, I think it just like gets to this whole. It just gets like I I definitely think there is a degree of things, mm. and there are certain places where I don't want to be just because. J- just because I just don't want to be there, yeah. but not because I feel like, oh, I'm better. or Like, oh, I'm a real artist. If I like yeah. keep it with the streets, you know, it's just like, you know, like, yeah, no, I'm trying, I'm trying to have like generational wealth for my kids, kid, for sure. You know, and I'm really trying to build, build something that can, that can transmit through time and space, you mm-hmm. know? And in order to be able to do that, you have to work with the energies that is of this physical realm and that's currency exchange. That's money. Yeah. And so when you, when you realize that like, Oh, being in this mindset around this artist is less than an artist because they are commercially successful. I think it's very limiting in in mindset for that artist, especially if it's something you genuinely want to do. Cause like for a long time I was like, man, I actually, Actually, kind of do want to put my stuff on shirts, but like, no, like I shouldn't because, like, I. But you know what I mean. So it's like, okay, now you're limiting yourself from doing something that you actually genuinely want to do. Mm-hmm. Now I get it if you don't want to do it and how you seem like you feel like you might have to do something. No, don't do something if you feel like you have to do it. But if it's something that you genuinely want to do and you're concerned about, oh, how does how does my look to the masses? Yeah you are wasting your time and you are wasting your energy. But for me, and so just to answer your question, like where I want to be in that realm, I do want to be a museum exhibiting artist. Mm -hmm. I feel like I love how museums are like archival um, vaults of our history. You know, like I watched the movie with, um, and people, you know, critics feel how they feel about the movie, but whatever. Uh, The one with, what's his name? George, um, George Clooney and like they had raided the the art museum like they stole the art it was oh, like she, art heists no, <laughs> no. <laughs> those are good too i love those, but no i <laughs> oh, just love it that's funny um it was the it was like a war movie it was like during like the vietnam war or something like George it was Clark. these it was these art um thieves like they okay. literally went and th- it was this art heist they like stole all the art and it's like that's the most important cultural artifacts of a people's history is their art mm-hmm. you know it's like whenever we go back in time and like try to understand a culture we look at their art yeah. their jewelry their ceramics the pottery they had the the wall you know the the drawings in the caves you know so I want to be a part of the vault in time and I feel like museums do a great job of archiving that work now people can feel different ways of how they feel and like a lot of stuff is in vaults in museums and people can feel like, oh, you know, that's the way a lot of billionaires move money is by buying art and collecting art. And like, yeah, there, there's a whole.
0: Yes. How do you, feel about, <laughs> how do you feel about auction houses?
1: You know, um, I would love to build it. I, I would love to start my own auction house one day. I feel I have a complicated relationship with uh, with auction houses Um I don't know. Maybe just as like a black woman, uh, being a part of the African diaspora, just Mm -hmm. the idea of auctions. I just (laughs) just to know that like my people were like on an auction block and like that's part of the reason I don't even like zoos. You know, I feel Mm -hmm. like our people were like in cages and were like observed like zoo animals and just like, yeah. It's a it's a complicated relationship um, just when I look at it from that lens. But when I look at it, the current day lens, I don't like the fact that the artists are not receiving the income from those art auctions. Yeah, I
0: I heard a fucking I don't know. I heard this uh, um, argument when I was in Texas. They were saying um, I forget the girl's name. I was in a group where like Mm -hmm. we're all hanging out in a hot tub and randomly art got brought up. and like... This is like a perfect yeah, story. Yeah. Like, we're hanging out in a hot tub. Like- <laughs> and it, it literally like made me want to like get out of the hot tub. Though Damn. I got I got out of the hot tub actually. What was she <laughs> saying? They were, she was, they were all, she and all the other people were like, have agree that like artists and you, I want to hear your perspective, perspective yeah. too and I don't, I'm not the best at retelling stories but okay. she was basically saying that like auction houses are fine because at the end of the day artists don't care if they get paid because they just do it for the love of creating art
1: oh wow and i
0: was like wait what
1: yeah no that's a hell no yeah that's that's just as a as an artist that's a hell no Mm. now of course we love to make art and we would make art for the fun of it Mm. without a doubt i mean because that's what we do for years you know um but when you uh, when it feels like another level of of exploitation when somebody is profiting off something that you've created and you aren't receiving the funds from that, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I feel like there is a good, Okay, so that's the downside, right? I think the good side of art auctions is that it can boost an artist's career. Mm-hmm. So if a, if a painting sells for a certain rate, say it's, you know, a quarter of a million dollars, it's $250,000. And so now that artist has that sort of status where now that is the sort of new going rate for their work. Now, not always. There's a lot of different things that sort of go into play about that. But it does it does boost an artist's career. Um a living artist as well as a deceased artist yeah. when, when their work goes for a certain amount, yeah, you know. For sure. But unfortunately, a lot of those artists do not receive any any income at all from those auctions. But now this is what makes me excited about like crypto and like NFTs, you know. So you can actually put in a smart contract where I'm going to get a certain percentage of this sale until the end of time, when whenever this piece is like resold, you know. Mm-hmm. I think we steal far from... Maybe we not for, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know either. Future. I don't know. It's it's complicated, with cri- especially since crypto's down and everything. But I feel like just the concept of an NFT, like I get it, you know? Mm. And like when I think about um, history and like my mom and my grandma, they were afraid of the debit card. They were like, I'm not about to yeah. put my, <laughs> I'm not putting my money in no debt. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. like, when, you, when you sit down and talk to your grandparents, you'd be like, oh, wow, like what? Like y'all were like weirded out by digital money. You were like weirded out by this plastic little car, you know, and now who fucking carries cash? Yeah,
0: my mom randomly made fun of me the other day for having change in my pocket. (laughs) (laughs) I was visiting her and I was like, wow, the first thing you say after seeing me in like a month, you're like, you have change in your right. pocket? It's, like, it's like who has changed, right?
1: <laughs> who has changed? Like yeah. an actual... It's like, first of all, who has paper money, yeah. let alone change? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I kind of do care of change, but whatever. I Because gotta, I, don't, yeah. I don't like seeing just random... To me, that's money on the ground. Yeah. You know, like I'm about to pick that quarter. Like if it's a quarter, yeah. I'ma bend down. Yeah. I'ma get it, you
0: know? For sure. Do you watch a lot of like... I forget, there's this one art documentary I watched. It's like my favorite one where they're talking about like art resellers and like Jeff Koons is in it and all this I think his dad oh. was in it too. And his dad lives like literally like I think in the forest with his wife and they paint like their house every other day. Oh, wow. Have you seen that? I oh, haven't. Fuck, I
1: would I have love fuck. to see it though.
0: It's such a good, um, it talks about like auction houses and stuff. Mm. Uh, fuck, I forget what it's called, but there's kind of creepy. I might that-
1: have seen that though, but I, I don't remember his dad's house and like repainting and stuff, but I did watch a documentary. Um, but this one was talking about scams. And how people like like fake the masterpieces
0: oh no I've, I've seen that one too I forget yeah. what this one's called uh it's really good but ba- it's basically all about like auctioneers and like mm-hmm. auction houses and like it is kind of creepy though like how like these like I don't even I don't want to say hoarding is the right word if they, if you like art you like art but like well, no, a lot of these is. Like, yeah
1: well and it's very um the thing is like it's it's another world that a lot of people and even artists don't even know about yeah and I've I've went down the rabbit hole to intentionally learn about this side because it's very elitist, and they also keep it quiet
0: on purpose. You can lease someone's art, you can buy someone's art, and then lease it to a
1: museum and make money from that. And she's, yep. like that's all. That's just kind of wild. It honestly is, yeah. and so that's why like I have a I have a push and pull relationship because. I'm also like, man, am I hoarding? Like I got Um, a lot of art, you know, there's just, (laughs) you know, and it's like, we all like different things, right? Like some people who have like crazy, like shoe collection, crazy sneaker collections, they get their whole thing. So everybody's going to have their own thing. But I just, I feel like art is like the one thing where just artists don't get like royalties from it or like it's constantly getting income from it. Mm -hmm. And so that's why... I think that's why it's just so important to have a good team. It's yeah. it's really good to have like good collectors in the beginning of, of your art career, have people who are like on a journey with you and who aren't doing this sort of like exploitative, just like quick flips, because there is a whole a whole game in the art world where people like literally flip art the way that they flip houses. Yeah. You know? And so, yeah. But also I'm the per I'm the person like live your life. I'm not here to judge people, but I just know as a living and working artist. Yeah. Yeah.
0: How does that feel to be like a living artist that's making money from their art?
1: I feel, I feel grateful. That's awesome. I really do. I really feel grateful. I feel blessed. Um, yeah, I, I'll just, I feel like an alien though all the time now. I just feel <laughs> like I'm just so grateful to be on planet Earth at this time. Like for me to be, to be on planet Earth where I can actually make an income as a full time artist, as a living, working artist, as a black woman, as an elder millennial, like whatever, <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's just like, man, if I if I came on planet Earth just 60 years ago, it just wouldn't even be possible at all. Right. It just wouldn't even be. I mean, or I would have to fight tooth and t- it would be just yeah. extremely, extremely difficult, you know. And so I think that is what excites me about all these different tools and platforms and technologies and stuff. I'm just like. Oh, I literally came down here when it was Candyland. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's like I I came down here and you know, just the ancestors and all my guys were like, "Girl, go get it." Yeah, you know. And so there's just there's just nothing stopping us now. Mm-hmm. And but I think the most what's crazy now, actually, the most powerful thing is stopping us, which is our mind. Mm. So there's like there's so many different things that we can do, but if you have somebody's mind. You have their everything. Yeah. And there's a lot of a, a lot of these tools unfortunately have have our minds. Yeah. They have our attention. They have our focus. And yeah, if you if you aren't implementing a system like an actual ritual or boundaries and limits with yourself with some of these tools, you will lose your mind. Yeah. You will you will lose your time. You will lose your attention and your focus and you will lose the opportunity that we have now in 2023 to be whoever you want to be. Yeah. You know, so it's like it's it's like it's crazy. It's really crazy.
0: hundred percent. Yeah. So what is coming up for you? You're about to do some mm-hmm. type of like gallery yeah. stuff. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I'm sorry that. <laughs> yeah, well I'm super excited. So um at the Museum of History and Industry, they're doing their 25th year anniversary of the Nettie Award. Hmm. So the Netty Award is um one of Washington State's largest grants. It's a twenty five thousand dollar award. Oh shit. And so I won that back back in twenty nineteen. What? Yeah, it was crazy. Changed my life, like everything. Like the and the money what I used it for was for me to get a bigger studio. And I also saved that money. So I was like, Okay, if I don't yeah. this studio the studio's rent is expensive. So yeah. if I don't make it, I'll have this cushion money from this grant and yeah, it just it really helped me in my career, you know. Um, but they've been giving out that war for 25 years. Mm. And this year marks the 25th year anniversary. So all of the past winners over the past 25 years are doing a big group exhibition wow. at the Museum of History and Industry. And um, yeah, I'm honored to be a part of that show. So I have a giant nine foot painting <sighs> up of uh, nude self-portrait of me and sheep and aliens and Rivers. Dang. How long roses. did that take to make? <laughs> About a year.
0: Oh wow. Is yeah. that the biggest piece you've ever done or?
1: Um it's not. It's not. The one that was at Bellevue Art Museum was the biggest piece Got that I had it. ever did. The it was a j it was a ten foot by ten foot painting called chocolate milk. Mm-hmm. And she was a purple woman and yes. it was a purple cow and um poppy flowers, like the opioid crisis. It was a whole lot of symbolism in that piece. A lot of my pieces of that scale have a lot of symbolism. But um and actually, that that was supposed to be the painting that was supposed to be up at the show, mm. but it was too big. It was too silly. <laughs> it was it was too big for the Dang. the gallery.
0: Wait, so when does is it, the show hasn't happened yet? Or is...
1: uh, it opens June
0: 9th. Okay, and then I mean June
1: fourth. Sorry, where did I get June ninth? <laughs> they kind of look the same. Nine and a four. It just erased the top. That is so weird. Like there's nothing happening on June 9th. Anywho, June fourth. Okay, okay. <laughs> June. It'll be up from June fourth to September sixth. Oh wow. Yep. You go see it
0: cool. So when people, are artists ever at a gallery where they've like done their work? Like, do can is there ever times where like, so like someone can walk in and meet an artist when they're definitely?
1: So the opening receptions—that's usually when you can meet the artist and see the artist. And so we aren't doing a public reception for this; it's a Got private it. reception only with like the artists and the family and the sponsors and the Banky family. The Banky family is the sponsors of this. um, show and exhibit and award they mm-hmm. they actually fund this award it's actually the the nettie award is um, named after the brother of the founder his mm-hmm. his name is ned so they call and his nickname was nettie so it's the the nettie award Got it. um and so yeah the family banky family they will be there they're the sponsors yeah incredible they're an incredible family and that's why i'm just like man i just want to be like a philanthropist yeah i just want to be That's why when I think about commercial success, I don't strive away from it because I know that when when I earn everybody around me earns and then I'm able to pour into them, you know. And so the way his family was able to change my life, Mm -hmm. I just want to help change other artists lives, you know, and it's it's crazy. It's crazy when we have resources to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. And I also I also just want us to stop romanticizing our struggle and stop like making it great for us to be starving artists or you know or like poor or these sort of like oh I'm an indie artist and like I don't I don't fuck with that you know industry shit or like just whatever like yeah live your life do I like do it however you want to do it but I also want you to be well yeah and like being well and just when I think about healthcare. And just the people who I saw were not well. They couldn't prioritize their body because they didn't have the resources. Because they they had they were a single mom. They had kids. They had you know they had three jobs trying to make ends meet. And so when you when you trying to make ends meet, you don't have time to create. You don't have time to be well and be healthy. Mm-hmm. And you surely don't have time or the resources to give. Right. You know. And I think it's I think it's a priority for us to be as abundant as possible so that we can give as much from our overflow mm-hmm. you know and there's so many of us trying to give from an empty cup and then you just end up completely depleted for sure so yeah shout shout out to sponsors shout shout yeah. out to people who are out here like bankrolling artists and, and I, I want to be like a black woman artist who's bankrolling other black women artists. Hell yeah. So I have to get as successful as possible to make that happen.
0: What is your advice for like artists that want to figure out how to get these scholarships or sponsors? How do they mm-hmm. even begin to look for the, or grants or any of that?
1: So the first place I would start is um, Cafe Artists. It's called callforentry.org. And so you can actually it's an entire directory of international, national, local, and regional um art calls for artists. So it's like grants on there, awards, residencies, fellowships, just pretty much endless money for artists and mm. endless opportunities. So now the thing is of course it's competitive. You yeah. gotta apply for it, you gotta write a proposal, letter of interest, you gotta like do the whole thing. But yeah, I mean, that's 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 the game. Yeah. That's that's the work, you know? Um, yeah, I just like it's just crazy to me. Like Google, Google is crazy. Like I mean, and, and it's like I'm not even old. First, like for the record, I'm 33. Like yeah. I'm not even old, you know. But I kind of just came up in a day and age where it's not even day. Like, geez, like the point I'm trying to make is that I'm not old, and I'm sounding like I'm old. <laughs> but but the other part Rocking is my that name. Right? <laughs>
0: it's like,
1: like back in my day. Well, no, but then that's the other part that makes me feel like I'm I'm an alien too because. Even though like I'm not old, I just still feel like all this stuff is so miraculous to me. Mm. I'm like, maybe I was here at a different time, you know, and like now <laughs> I'm like coming back and I like I maybe I was here like the 1700s or something. And now I came back in like the 2000s. I yeah. mean, I came in 89. Like right. But it, <laughs> then I came back and it was just like, oh, shit, like y'all got like, what the fuck? You know, like mm-hmm. you just came back and it was like a time warp. And now. All of this stuff looks miraculous to you. Mm. You know, and I'm just like fascinated by technology. But yeah, I just feel like I'm a I'm an analog girl in a digital world. Shout out to Badu, right? <laughs> I'm an analog girl in a digital world. Yes. But I'm just like amazed by technology because just like and as somebody who's like spiritual as well, it's just it's like, oh wow, like y'all have y'all have um y'all have like materialized and like capstoned energy you know it's like these are like sound waves that we're speaking through and it's like this sound wave is hitting somebody's ear right now in a completely different region yeah it's it's just like it's ultimate like alchemy yeah you know
0: wow you're the second guest this yeah because i had guests yesterday that said alchemy as well i wow, I just love It's al- the I mean, word of the week i guess it's
1: like, <laughs> hey, hey well we it's go. just i mean like i think that's alchemy is such a beautiful word because you can you can like transmute things. Like to, to to alchemize something means to take it into one thing, transmute it, and transform it mm. so that it can like metamorphize into a something completely new and completely different. It's the ultimate form of magic. Yeah, and so I feel like the these technologies is like now we can be magicians, but we don't have to like enter some secret cult or like yeah. do a blood sacrifice. So like, yeah. Oh, you can only learn how yeah. to do the alchemy. <laughs> if you are this, you know, the yeah. tincture and shit. It's like, no, actually we're all magicians right now. Fuck. Yeah. Hell yeah. It's crazy.
0: <laughs> I get that. Yeah. <laughs> so with that, what is some final advice? You've dropped a lot of gems for sure. in this Look, amazing. Thanks. Like this has yes. been fun. Look. <laughs> but what is uh, some final advice you have for up and coming artists, creators, influencers?
1: Yeah, I mean I mean, I love a good cliche, but it's real it's just like keep going. Mm -hmm. Like keep going, like cultivate your mind every day. I was just talking to the artist about this too at the museum. We was cause like I was you like you get frustrated, right? You just get tired and you're like you're just like I'm over this shit. Yeah. And then I had thought about it. I had I have like epiphanies every day. So I guess my oh, husband yeah. said, he's like, babe, <laughs> you got to stop calling them. Like if, if you have them that much, they're not a <laughs> anymore. Yeah. But I just be having downloads every day. And I'm like, oh, it just like hit me. I thought like, okay, how often do you brush your teeth? And I'm like every day. Hmm. It's like, oh, so how often do you have to cultivate your mind every day? So I just, I was just getting tired, like, damn, like, how much do I, how much meditation do I got to do? Like, how much work, how much mental work do I, how do do I, do I have to keep being courageous every day? I got to show up every day? And it's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. How often do you brush your teeth? So Mm -hmm. it's like, just, I'm getting comfortable with the idea that like, every day is going to be work. And so it's not about trying to figure out how easy it's going to be. It's about how courageous can I show up every day? There's like the Lord's prayer or something, not the Lord's prayer, but the the serenity prayer or something it's like hmm. god please grant me the man it's, it's so serenity? but it's like know. yeah it's like grant me the um the courage the courage to accept the things i can't change and the patience to withstand it and the wisdom to be able to know the difference between the two. I'm so butchering that, but like the people who know will know, okay. I feel like whoever knows the like serenity prayer will know. And it's just really about like the, just grant me the courage to keep going Mm -hmm. because that's, what's going to take you. You genuinely going to have to show up every day and it's not going to get easier every day of anything. It's going to get harder. And the more people who see your work and creativity, that's when it it keeps getting harder, you know? And I'm sure like for Beyonce, I just be thinking about like, man, it must be hard for her to make a change, you know. Like, like, uh, imagine if now Beyonce want to like release like a full, like reggae or like country album. I don't know. You but know what I mean? But she did though. Exactly. With the, with
0: she the, did. She yeah. get, exactly. That dance so was like, album um, was filthy.
1: It, like, I just love the Renaissance yeah. album, and it's just like, imagine just. How much courage it takes for you to even be able to change, and even yeah. for painters like Kahende Wiley, and I love his work and his style of like large scale portraiture. Like, imagine if he wants to switch it up and do like abstract work now. Yeah. Like, now he just want to be like splash and shit, doing straight up like Jason Pollock type yeah, work, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. And it's just like the like the art critics would like tear him to shreds but to be courageous that's that's what we have to do as artists though it's Mm -hmm. like we still have to show up every day and like the more eyes that are on your work the harder it's going to be for sure so if anything right now bask in the smallness of like wherever you are i was i was even thinking about my youtube channel like i'm like man as my channel keep growing i get nervous about the more people who's watching. Like, whenever people tell me to watch, I'm like, oh, shit. Like, oh, like, because oh, I yeah, be, like, yeah, yeah. sharing secrets. You know, I'm like, oh, wait. Like, you know, <laughs> the minute you realize, like, more people watching, you're like, okay, let me unlist that video real quick. <laughs> we were not even yeah, talking yeah. about that. Yeah. So it's just like, it, it keeps getting harder. You know, the more eyes to see, it's going to get difficult, you know? Yeah. So even when you're small, when you're in that waiting period, like, just master your craft. Yeah. Keep getting better and enjoy that process when you can just play with nobody watching you. Because when the eyes are there, it gets even more complicated. For sure. So just keep going and keep cultivating your mind.
0: Hell yeah. What is the easiest way for people to reach
1: you? dot hey, com. That's my website. That's where everything is. Um, and you can also do com slash links. If you're looking for my YouTube, my shop, my Patreon um, and yeah, everything else.
0: Hell yeah. This has been the NAS podcast with...
1: Hey Hermes. This was fun, Blake. And Thank you. And we did it. When they talk about like, oh, life is the journey. It's about the journey. Oh, they're for real, you know? And I think now we see those It's like, oh, those are cute. Like Instagram, you know, posts and like Pinterest quotables. It's like, okay. And so now we sort of brush them off as Mm. cliches, but... Like a hundred something years ago, that was a philosopher statement. But for now, it's like, oh, there's like an Instagram quote about yeah, like whatever shirt or something. Yeah. It's like it's like, no, these are this is truth. Yeah. You know, like life is about the journey. And that's a good yeah, point. And so I've just I've let go I've I've like let go of a lot and I'm just embracing the fact that I just have to show up courageously every day on this journey, mm-hmm. especially when you are in a creative field. Yeah. Which is the most bravest act. Especially in this day and age, where everybody has an opinion on what you're making or how you live in your life, yeah, it feels it feels like an act of resistance to just be yourself and to show up courageously in the world. statement that was chiseled in stone those were like profound awakenings that some old Socrates you know (laughs) like Cornelius had in this cave you know